If you're not willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, then you'll never have the life that they can never have. Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington, and welcome to Bullish. There's a, a university professor out of Clemson came and spoke to our university. I'm, I'm here in Utah. Clemson is such a freaking awesome place. Oh, do you like Clemson? Okay, yeah. yeah. So she came in and she, gave, she did this whole study on the, she was trying to quantify charity mm. and what it means for people that give. And what they found was, because they, they, we've heard this for millennia, people who give tend to get more back in returns, the law of abundance and reciprocity, all these things, right? But yeah. could, could they quantify it? She found that people that gave around 10% of their income. Yeah. Lived, lived significantly happier, healthier, amazing lives, and made way more money than people that didn't. I love it. But what she found was that people that, if they didn't give when they were poor, they didn't give when they were rich. And typically what was funny is people always say, I'm gonna wait till I get rich to give. They almost never become rich. And she saw this strong correlation between people that gave when they were poor ended up making way more money over their life and it like compounded the returns. And so she was trying to break down as, as much scientific, as, as scientific as she can make it, that people who give actually make way, it was a significant amount more money than people who that do not give. It's so good. So back to your quote of, no one has ever become poor by giving. Because it's natural to think, well, I'm, I'm giving something away, I'm, I'm gonna become more poor. But she quantified and said, actually that's false. Over your life, you will tend to, I can't remember the exact metrics, so I don't wanna throw out a number that I don't, that I don't have in front of me, but you'll outperform significantly other people who do not give, which that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I call it the law of compensation, right? Like I think there's two classes of entrepreneurs right now, Bridget, that's kind of frustrating me. There's the mm. entrepreneurs and the real entrepreneurs mm, and the yeah. entrepreneurs wake up every day asking themselves, how can I work the least and make the most money? Mm. And I get it. They're not my people. My people are the ones that wake up every day and ask themselves, how can I create more value for my customer than anybody else in the world? And I feel like those people that show up from a, not about me, the entrepreneurs, all about them, the entrepreneurs, energetically, the law of compensation kicks in when you wake up and you say, cause like, if you think about any business, your business, my business, any business, whatever you make, it's because you helped people achieve 10 times more value. Mm -hmm. Like that's literally how the economy works. Yeah. If you can't show, produce, demonstrate that whatever they're spending a dollar is going to make their life better by $10, then you don't have a great business. So that 10% shows up in tithing. It shows up in so many different places. So I've been teaching my kid this since they were like three, four years old. And they understood this concept that we only get to keep what we give away. Mm, yeah. Like we only get to keep what we give away. Meaning that if you want love, guess what you need to do? Give love. Mm, right. Cool. If you want health, help other people get healthy. You want more finances, help other people create wealth. Like it's mm -hmm. literally the, the success equation yet, you know, we're fed all this other stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Really cool. I like that a lot. Teaching yeah. your kids that that's, um, I got a bunch of little dovetails on this. I want to talk about, well, you mentioned tithing a few times. Is that something you do and follow and are, have done, Real, teach yeah. your family? Yeah, yeah. Pun intended religiously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I pay, I pay tithing as well. And I, uh, I have seen direct benefits from doing that. And I've, I, I have, whether it's, I pay 10%. And it's religious for me, but I think some people, even if you're not religious, I think 
that is back to that study. She said around 10% was kind of the magic number. And I would encourage people, cause like I have a lot of people that are different faiths, different backgrounds, different spiritual beliefs, whatever. I don't care who you give it to. Yeah. yeah I care that yeah. you decide to give. Mm -hmm. And like you said, when you don't have a lot extra to give, when you give, because dollars, money only makes you more of who you are. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you're rich financially or poor, you're not going to give more when you have more. You're going to give more if you give today. Yeah. And I want anybody listening, man, I just like, this is, and this is the other thing for me is that writing a check is actually easy. What's hard is giving your time for me anyways, mm, like yeah. easy to write a check. If somebody asks me for my time, that's a big ask. So what I've learned with like my contrib contribution community stuff is I wanted, I want to make it my time as well. So a lot of organizations yeah. I'm involved in, I said, look, I'm going to support financially. You need to show me how I can insert myself into the program, right? Yeah. In a way that I feel leverages my talents and my, my, my skills, et cetera. So like, for example, you know, rolling up to a, a red light and giving somebody that's asking for money, money is easy. I want to encourage everybody listening to say, Hey, offer to get them some food and actually go have a meal with them. Yeah. So like two Way days ago, yeah, yeah, me and my boys, they finished a basketball game and he wanted a and W, which that's his favorite. There was a guy outside the door and I said, Hey man, what's your name? His name's, his name's Sam. It's like, Hey, do you want, you want to eat? It's like, yeah. I said, cool. Let's sit down. Let's eat. And I love it. Cause he's yeah. like, can I get an apple thingamajig? And I was like, that sounds delicious. Max, you want, you know, my yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just, I just think that like that, Again, I see so many people just write checks and mm -hmm. I want to encourage people to also. Have you read The Go-Giver? I've seen the book, I haven't read it, no. But yeah, it's, I mean, the concept is just being a go-giver, but he mentions being time, giving time, which I think is massive. Huge. When you're, when the, when the balance tilts from I have more money than time, then it's almost more valuable to give time. Usually when you start out, you have more time than money. That's why yeah. you try to start trading time for money. That is actually- And then it tilts to the other way. And I think it's important, like you said, to give a significant amount of time and remember that you're giving time. I've never correlated this. So what I love about what you just said this is what I'm hearing. Even when you have no cash, your time is that 10%. Hmm. This is cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, yeah. dude, this is interesting. But I'm saying when else so you went out yeah, very and then rich. When you go, yeah you 10% of your time is probably more valuable than writing 100%. a check. Yeah. Yeah. I love mm, that. Pretty interesting. Uh, you mentioned your kids a few times. Mm. One of my favorite questions to ask people, I, ha I have a son, two years old. We, me and my wife are committed. We want to build this amazing family. We have this big vision of the family type of family. We always try to find families we like that are, mm -hmm. have built the right type of family. And, um, I love asking people, how do you raise rich kids? Or yeah. Kids like, and do your kids know how much money you've generated and make and your level uh, of success and how, just watch me through the whole persona of raising kids in a wealthy household. Yeah, I mean, I've always been incredibly transparent about kind of the business side of my life. The last time I showed my my sons my net worth was probably like four years ago. And I remember we were at a pizza shop in San Diego and in Encinitas and mm -hmm. uh, I showed Max, I don't know if he'll remember this, he's here. Um, and he, and he just started laughing about the amount of Lamborghinis I could buy. And <laughs> I, and it was so weird that that was literally, yeah. he, he was like, oh my gosh. And I'm yeah. like, um, but here's the thing is, um, my thoughts on this is this thing called controlled adversity. So I think anybody that has children, they obviously want to create a life that's different or an ideally better. Not that their, their upbringing wasn't great, but there's probably different things that we're exposed to et cetera, that they want to help their children either learn how to deal mm. with or avoid. Yeah, make the next generation better than yours. Yeah. Every parent in the world would say that. Yeah. It doesn't matter where they live. But if your goal is to also leave the world a 
a child that has characteristics of success and resourcefulness and kindness and empathy and all those things, when you ask yourself, well, what would create that type of person, mm -hmm. giving them everything they ever asked for and coddling them and putting them in bubble wrap and making sure that the world doesn't create any pain in their lives and letting them live an incredibly luxurious life where everybody, you know, mm -hmm. serves them hand and feet, yeah. ain't gonna produce that. So here's the way I think about it. I'm rich, my son is not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Max is here. He'll tell you, I probably say it to him once a week. I'm rich. You're not, you are not and all of this. You don't, you're not going to get any of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I said that is the standard. Hopefully he doesn't listen to podcasts like this anytime soon, but until he starts listening to me, but he probably won't, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, my philosophy is, and I tell them everything that I have, you will not receive. So you have to create your own. And at 19, you have to, you have to, you're off. Go. Yeah. And then my wife always chimes in while well, I'm going with them. <laughs> all right. Now, is that true? I'll tell you at 19, I will educate them. They have to go. They have to at least start paying rent, right? So maybe they don't mm -hmm. have to leave my house. If they go to school, we might renegotiate, but they're mentally getting prepared. They literally yeah. ask how much is rent. Okay, I'll go first. His brother's 11 months apart. He's like, you come second. Yep. We're going to borrow furniture from this friend. Like they literally start thinking in their mind, right? Makes so your brain think differently. Yeah. yeah. So they're not yeah. acting rich. They're acting like they're going to have to support themselves. Cool. Same thing with the money. I'm not going to leave you anything. So if you want anything, you're gonna have to create it. Now we've already done that today where they have their own uh, bank account. So they have their own little bank accounts tied to our account. And anytime they want to buy something, I say, do you want to buy, you're paying for it. And they're like, Oh, mm -hmm. I don't want anymore. It's like, cool. I want them to understand that when yeah. they ask for stuff, it takes from them because yep. that's how the world works. Yep. And at the same time, I teach them how the world rewards value and what is valuable and how to create value. So my whole philosophy is like, let the world create challenges for them. Don't protect them. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, or another way to say it is allow them to take risks in a safe way. So, so I'll see them struggle and not jump. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the example, I remember when they were little and they were going to daycare, like they were like four or five and I'd go to pick them up and literally all the parents were sitting there zipping their jackets and doing their little Velcro shoes. And I would just sit there with them and I'd wait and I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I'd yeah. refuse to do it. Yeah. And you know what? The educators looked at me and said, thank you. Mm, yeah, cool. Thank you for doing that because for the parents that do that, that they fill their lunch boxes and fill their bags every time and we have to transition around this place, yeah. we have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for teaching your kids to do it Be themselves. Independent, yeah. What a crazy idea. Yeah. So I just encourage people to consider, it doesn't matter if you have wealth or not, just allow your children have to experience being, like, it doesn't mean I don't love them, man. I kiss them, hug them, like all that stuff. But at the same time, I'm just very intentional about how, I show up yep. so that I don't raise kids that feel entitled, feel like they deserve, feel like they're gonna get a handout. Now, when they are older, my philosophy, and there's a great book called Entrusted that I recommend people uh, read. Kind of like I live in Canada, that being Canadian, you get free healthcare. There's benefits of living in a country. The US, the American dream is the most beautiful. I love, I think it's the coolest branding country thing in the world. Hmm. I love the American dream. So there's benefits being born in America. There's a benefit of being born as a Martel. What are those benefits? You're gonna get money for your education, you're gonna get some seed capital for your business, and we're gonna give you some money for your first home. Pretty much that's it. Between the age of 27 and 32, because that's ideally there's some numbers around that. Another great book I'd recommend people read is Die With Zero, mm -hmm. Bill Perkins, he wrote a great book. So like help your kids, but you know, don't make it too much, like be supportive so there's a benefit of being part of your lineage, but not so much that they decide to do nothing. It hinders them, yeah. 
Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much and we'll get back to the show. I love that. My my dad did a great job of that. I, my dad's I know. Wealthy. I've watched your stuff, man. Your dad, yeah. yes, I love but it. But I didn't know that growing up. And he had the same philosophy. Like in 1890, you're paying for college, you're paying for- You a, didn't know I, he was wealthy growing up? No. Yeah, my kid flies on my jet, so yeah. it's a hard one to hide. And actually my dad, what he was up and down as an entrepreneur though. Like he had some wins, but then he had some loss. So he yeah. always, he just played a very yeah, mellow game. Yeah. Cause he knew feast it and famine. Up, down. Yeah, he's like, I, yeah, yeah, I made millions. Stable. I couldn't lose millions tomorrow, right? Yeah. So he just, we just lived this steady until about high school. I started to see like, okay, this he's, this is not, yeah. this is a little bit different, you know? But I, I, something he did though, that whole thing was like, you're paying for everything. You're, you're paying for your car, you're paying for gas. But the moment, I remember my first year of college, I got a scholarship, full ride scholarship to go to another school. And I was looking at different schools and I, I wanted to go to this other school and my, or at the, anyways, and my dad said, I'll, if you go to this other school, I'll actually match your scholarship one to $1. So don't make it about the scholarship, pick the better school. Oh, wow. That's cool. And I ended up moving schools and he, and it was, it wasn't that much. It was like $11,000. Yeah. I went, it was from Utah state university I had a full ride to BYU. Yeah. And, and BYU is a very cheap college compared to other colleges. And, but I was, I was so grateful. It was like, wow. Like what I, did you take away from that? That I was like, wow, my dad, like all this, it felt like a gift. Like, holy crap, I have a chance that I don't have to worry. And it was only 11 grand. Most kids, some kids are paying 80 grand a year for yeah. a semester, but it was a year for $11,000. Remember $11,000 hit my, and I was like, wow, holy crap. This is a chance for me to like do something cool this next year. And uh, I remember feeling this way, this whole sense of, gratitude to my dad mm -hmm. rather than entitlement. Oh, my parents should be paying for my college. They should be, you know, supporting me when I was planning on supporting myself already. And then they stepped in the last second and wrote me an $11,000 check. And it, I remember that first year of college, like, okay, I have, a, I have a little window here. I can start some businesses because I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. So I started uh, like three businesses my first year of college. I started six my first years of college. I was just trying stuff. So did you, so like what I take away from that that I think is, and I don't know if you, you saw it that way. I'm curious is that he show he told you through his action that you should focus on investing in yourself at the highest level, not mm -hmm. the easiest option. Yeah. hundred percent. Isn't that like, it's I think really that cool. like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, cause how many people are like, yeah, I should buy your course, but do you have a book? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, buy the course. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's just such a cool, like, you know, you know, I always say, watch my feet, not my lips. Mm, like yeah. it's by his actions. He taught you that. Yeah. Like so focus cool. on this. Yeah. Stop, yeah. stop worrying Invest about money yourself. for a second. Don't worry. Like what's the decision? Yeah. All things being equal, the best place for you to go to school here. Cool. Let's figure out how we can make yeah. that happen. And it, I remember being the, the amount of gratitude I felt. And I still feel that now. I was like, wow, that was so cool. And for him now looking back, I'm like, that's, that's not that much money that he put forward compared to what, how much he had. But for every reason, the way that I was trained growing up, I felt so much gratitude to my, to my dad. And I still do for that little window he gave me, mm. um, which was pretty cool. So what's your dad's name? John. John. Yeah. That's cool. John Payne. The, I, yeah. yeah. I think it's the, he's yeah. the fifth. I think. Oh, you're right. He, yeah, he's your the brother. Fifth. Yeah. My brother's yeah, yeah. a sixth. His, yeah. My nephew's Sons a seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, another quote from your Twitter. You ready? Yeah. Um, no one wants to help a sinking ship. If you want opportunities, get your life in order first. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, you build a big audience on social media. A lot of people reach out every once in a while, you know, randomly. I'm just like, what's your sell? 
and I'll get on a phone call. And there was this, that day, I remember that tweet was an entrepreneur needed help. And I just, there was something about the message profile where I was just like, I'm going to call him. I was on a hike and I just said like, give me your cell. And I call him right away. And as soon as I did it, I started to regret it Mm. because all I was hearing on my side was stories of limitation. Mm. And it was like, he was trying to convince me that these are the reasons that he can't move forward. Mm. And I was like, I don't even think he hears it. Right. And again, I'm a lighthouse, not a tugboat. So like when people are doing things like that, I will try to communicate in a positive way their opportunities, but at the same time, they're not paying me to coach and I'm not going to be critical of them. So I, I always just use that as feedback. And a lot of my tweets are actually inspired by going through the world and being, being on the receiving end of people making decisions where I'm like, mm, right. So like, yeah. and, and, and at the end I said, I just want, can I just reflect on our conversation right now? Like, here's what you shared with me. You believe that this is this, and this person did that. And you, you, you got set back and it's hard because there's all these things you love your story so much that I can't imagine if you do want help and I'm not saying I can help you, but I'm saying if somebody in your life could help you, that they would want to help you because you brought that energy Mm. to the conversation. Yeah. And he goes, well, what should I do instead? I said, do you go to the gym? No. Cool. How about you start working and go in the gym? Why is going to the gym important? Because your physical energy, your stature, your self-confidence will start to come through your language. Do you drink water? Are you hydrated? He's like, what? I go, I know it sounds crazy. Most people are underhydrated. Mm. Like drink three liters of water today. Really? That's going to affect my mood more than you'll ever understand. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you eat clean or do you allow yourself to binge on chocolate and all this crap and carbs and stuff? He's like, maybe I said, cool. Stop that. Lean, mean, green protein. Let's yeah. go. And It was so funny because he wanted business advice. I was giving him kind of like health, but it was energy advice because I needed him to create the space to actually reconnect with the language because nobody that could help him would want to help him because of how he was showing up. Yep. So that's why- The sinking ship. Yes, it's like, but he didn't think he was a sinking ship because he's like, I'm positive mental attitude and I want to be better, but here's why I could never do it. And I'm like, dude, I know you're saying the right things, but you're Mm. talking the wrong things (laughs) and you're probably repelling the people that could help you. Yeah, oh, I love that. Hey, hey, what's going on people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pains in here. So if you like the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there and we actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube, go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks, guys. It's so interesting when you start to learn about stories and beliefs. You, I don't know if it's Tony Robbins or whoever that person that trains you on yeah. that. You start to hear beliefs from people, and you're like, huh. All of a sudden, people's lives and even my own life makes a lot of sense. Where I've come from, where I am now, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And it's such a, it's a law of nature almost. It's funny enough today. So I took over the sales team officially today for yeah. my company. I'm kind of the interim head of sales, and I'm just like, let's. I'm like, I'm like, we're taking a whole new attitude. We're coming in like. I'm changing how this whole thing's run. Yeah, the and script, the comp structure, everything. Today, the Training. first thing, I, I got lunch. I, pay, I paid for lunch for everybody to be in the office. And I actually, I talked about your book. I said, your guys', your guys hourly rate, most of you are making anywhere from 45 to about $150 an hour. A lot of you are spending a full hour going to lunch when you could eat lunch in 20 minutes. And I'm, gonna hi- I'm actually gonna order DoorDash for all of you guys and we're going to eat lunch together for 20 minutes and then we're going to get back to our calls because that's prime selling time right in the middle of the day. And yeah, we can take time off later, whatever. That's prime. And uh, so I did that today. And then during lunch, I ordered um, kind of this healthy food nearby and a lot of my sales guys will eat 
the you know heavy barbecue in the middle. And I'm like, I told him today, I'm like, I love barbecue. I don't eat it for lunch though. Cause guess what? My one o'clock, my two o'clock, my three o'clock appointments, I'm dead. And it was, it was like, it never dawned on. I'm like, Oh really? I'm like, dude, I only eat two. I maybe will add a third. I eat almost the same thing every day. I door dash it. So I don't have to waste that. Those 40 minutes of driving, getting in line, waiting. I door dash it to my office and I eat really healthy food or I, or I eat just less food. So I'm highly energized for my afternoon calls. Cause most people are sleepy in the afternoon. Totally, most people man. are dead and myself included. So I will track actually like, what did I eat for lunch and how do I feel at two, two forty-five? Yep. And I, I've done that for months where I figured out there's a couple meals that I eat that I just feel energized the rest of the day. And I don't, I don't drink energy drinks ever. Like I think that messes with my energy personally, just cause I don't want to be hooked on them or dependent. So I'm like, I'm going to find food do that energizes me. you not drink me. coffee? No. You're a better man than me. Yeah, I don't do coffee, wow. I don't do energy drinks, nothing like that. I mean, okay. occasionally if I have, it's a networking event when I'm really need it, I'll drink like a like a Diet Coke or a Red, maybe a Red Bull. Oh, you're getting crazy, dude. And I get out, I get outside. Diet Coke. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, there's actually funny, yeah, a lot of funny stories. Like I'll hit, I'll hit a Diet Coke right before it and my wife's like, and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I'll drink a Diet Coke before I go to sleep, man. This is so awesome. Yeah, but I, cause I, I'm so curious about energy, but it was funny just my sales team did this exact, I love what you're saying. It's yeah. like, I'm like, guys, we aren't realizing what you're, how you're showing up to calls is the biggest thing. And what you, I love what you said too, of the physi- physiological state of someone Man. directly affects everything else in your life. And that one of the easiest things you can do if you're, for me, I, I sometimes go through modes. I like once a quarter, I go through like a day or two where I'm just down. The, at least I don't know why. Once a quarter, I'm just like, life sucks, dude, yeah. for whatever reason. It's hard. And um, I finally realized like it's it, usually the fast way to get myself out of that is a workout, a cold plunge, a sauna, something physical, a run even. And I'm, I will, it's like pulling out teeth to do it. Cause I'm in that low moment. I'm like, I'm not gonna yeah. do it, but I've actually, I'm like, yeah, it's the only way out of it. At least for me, dude, change your physical state. The pump cures all. Okay. Mm. We landed. <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> Scream it out. What did we do? Yeah, I literally yeah. told my driver, find a park, let us do it. We do push-ups. I had Sana, I had my video team. Mm-hmm. We we did push-ups. Yeah. She's like, where do you want me to park? Here, I go, let's park on the other side of the park because we're going to this podcast. I don't want them to see me doing push-ups. <laughs> You're outside. Yeah. I don't know them well yet, so like, <laughs> let me do that. Yeah. But my philosophy, even in our office, we have mm-hmm. a squat rack and a gym because like, Anytime I feel my energy shift, mm. I go and I, I, I t- salespeople, dude, I like people that are struggling to hit their numbers. I'm like, it's very simple. You have a bad call, you reset. Mm-hmm. You, you have a moment, you're, you're in your head, reset. Do There's never been a moment I've gone to the gym and I've exhausted a muscle, tricep, bicep, whatever it is that I didn't stand up going like, Ooh, I feel better. Mm. Like it's, there's an energetic cleansing process. So my whole thing is pump cures all even like, this is crazy. You know, like some people, they wake up and they're like, Oh, I got the sniffles. I got a sore throat. Ooh, I don't feel too good. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to cancel my afternoon meetings. I'm like allergic to that. Mm, As soon as I feel that way, I go to the gym and I lift heavier and harder because I want to teach my body to not accept that that is what it is. Our mind plays, and I can prove it. Like if I want somebody to be super sad and depressed and, and feel lethargic, I just say, think of the saddest thing that could ever happen to you. Believe that it's true. Well, I don't want to believe that. And you yeah. can just see their phys- their whole body, everything. Change, and yeah. I go, what's the most positive thing could ever happen to you? Will it win in the lottery? Believe it's true. $10 million. Your bank account is there at five o'clock. You're going to receive it. How do you feel? They're like, man, I feel great. I go crazy. You just got to act like that when it's not there. Mm. Cause when you act like that over time, when it's not there, eventually guess what? It'll be there. Mm. And that's what people yeah, like, if that. they haven't been doing this long enough, the personal development, the mindset, the growth, the energy stuff, it's just, it's such a, it's a cheat code that again, I like to just salespeople do push-ups. Okay. Do you feel better? Yep. Perfect. Get on the calls. Yeah. 
Just change the pump cures all. The I pump cures all, when man. I think it was just, a piece of it. Just as simple as you feel a sense of accomplishment. Yep. Just as simple as like I did, I'm t- as at least I heard a quote from Joe Rogan. He's like, at least for today, when I work out, that I'm not some lazy piece of crap. Yeah. Like, I know at least today. Just today. Not, I tomorrow's did another day. Yeah. But today I did something that moved and shook my body, and today I accomplished something, and it builds that little level of confidence. It's doing anything that you know other people wouldn't do. Hmm. Like, do you, I know how ridiculous it sounds for people to say, okay, you landed, okay, and then you got in your car and before the podcast, you went to a park in, in Utah hmm. and did push-ups. It's like, yes, why? A, I want to respect the podcast I'm going on. I want to bring my A game. B, I could feel my energy drop. And C, I wanted to do something I know very few people will do because it's in the extraordinary Okay. People mm-hmm. don't realize the word extra is in there. If you're not willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, then you'll never have the life that they can never have. Mm, yeah. Right. So like literally tell your, I, I would, I don't know if you're, I would love to tell your salespeople, like whoever really wants to crush their numbers, anytime they feel self doubt, a negative thought, et cetera, get down, do 20. Mm, yeah. And I, and I zero else change do that. And you will watch your numbers come to life because you go on to the next call with the confidence that you just did something. The guy on the other end of the phone, He's not going to do. Mm, He's yep. not doing. Yeah. I guarantee that guy didn't just do push-ups. You did. Yep. Cool. Bring that energy. Mm, I love it. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Talk, talk about this for hours. Yeah. I, I love this whole concept. Um, and it's funny enough though. It, I, I used to listen to stuff like this and I thought it was quirky and dumb and whatever. Yeah, it's that sounds corny so, and, yeah. and all of a sudden I started running a business and I was like, I need, it wasn't like I want to do it. It was like, I need it because I, I have to come and perform when it's just a, me and one co-founder, we got to make some revenue. Like I, I have to show up this afternoon on these calls yeah, or it's else not optional. it's yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, what Dan is saying actually makes sense. Like I need to do that. And then you see it in real life. I love it. Um, okay. I got another quote for you. I kind of love this. I've never had anybody go through my tweets and ask. Yeah. Me this is kind of fun. Yeah. Thank you. You ready? Peace comes with a lot of goodbyes. Hmm. Man, as you can tell, I'm I'm a big energy guy. Mm. And I think that people don't consider that for you to add something to your life, you have to let something go. Mm. Yeah. It's like, there's no other way to do it. Okay. It's just like entrepreneurs. I teach the buyback principle, a high level, whatever you're doing this year, if you want to double your business, 50% of that has to be not on your plate next year. Mm. Okay. People are like, yeah. what? 50%? Yeah. yeah. 50% of what you did this week cannot be present next year if you want to grow your business. Mm, cool. So the same thing, it's the goodbyes, right? It's 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 easy to talk about toxic people, but most people don't realize what toxic people can look like. I mean, I have, and this is a thing, Bridger, and, and I, I guarantee you're there and maybe it's not as apparent to you, but here's what I've learned in, in the world of like success is the higher you go, the people that used to be your peers and your mentors end up not being. Mm. Yeah, I've seen that. Does that happen? Maybe a little bit. And it sucks because you're like, whoa, that's not cool. Like you used to be my cheerleader. You used to be the person I called to celebrate. And now all of a sudden I've I've gone too far. And now when I tell you that you don't celebrate with me or I hear at a dinner that you were kind of talking crap about, like Mm -hmm. it's fascinating to experience. So it's easy. The easy stuff is when people start and they're like, oh, this person always talks about the news or always talks about the bad stuff or always talks about what's going horrible in their life. That, that stuff's easy. Okay. But Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to give it to the people that are high performers. What I want to encourage them to consider is who are the people that when you think about the interactions with them, it doesn't light you up. It doesn't energize you. You don't Mm -hmm. feel absolutely celebrated by them and give yourself the gift of creating space. And I would encourage, it doesn't have to be a hard, like cut off, I would just say when they text you, 
wait a couple days. Mm. You know, when they invite you to the barbecue on the weekend with no purpose, say you're busy. Like 85% less you, Yeah. right? Maybe they'll adjust, maybe they'll come back, maybe they won't, but at least it creates a space in your calendar to introduce new people and to then see, hey, who, and then, like, I think everybody should do an audit of the relationship and say like, do I have the right conversations happening in my life to support the next level of growth I'm after? Yeah. Like most people, I learned this, never eat alone. Keith Ferrazzi, I read the book like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, 14 years ago. Yeah. And he says like, look, you should have a strategy around the relationships you have and ask yourself if you wanna get to whatever number it is, your first million, how many of my friends are over a million? And when I say friends, I mean like people you text and talk to on a daily, weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. people are like, oh, I hired a guy, I have a mentor, but yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'm talking about your peer group. Yeah. So that's what that tweet is all about is like, the only way, think of it this way. When you say yes, to somebody, you're inadvertently saying no to, to something else. else. Yep. And when you say no to somebody, you're saying yes to your dreams. Mm. Whether you like it or not, a yes is a no and a no is a yes. Mm. Let's just be more intentional about it. Mm, really cool. I love that. Growth comes through commitment. 100%. I love it. Uh, two last questions. Yeah. Short on time here. Um, first off, how can people find the book? What's the best way to get into your world, get in your funnels, get all that stuff? What's the best way to connect with you guys? Yeah, I mean, my favorite is Instagram. So if people hear me on the podcast, follow me on Instagram, 2Ls of Martel, and send me a message. And just like, so one of the most popular chapters in the book is Clone Yourself, chapter six, about working with an assistant and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually have like a Google doc, which is like 42 pages of my internal SOP. Yeah. So cool. if somebody messaged me and says, Bridger, this podcast, EA, uh, on Instagram, I'll send them the direct link. No opt-in, no nothing. Wow, that's my really gift. Cool. Yeah, um, love it. On, on Instagram, yeah, best spot. Okay. Only on Instagram. I don't monitor the rest of them. I like Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a team that helps me out there. Um, and then the book is on buybackyourtime.com and it's on Amazon, local bookstore. And I would just, you know, I'm trying to create a movement of helping people build companies that don't grow to hate. So if you have entrepreneurial friends and you think they're struggling and they they need a different perspective, I would just love any recommendations of the book. And I love it. And I love the book. So that's thank my, you. my recommendation right there is an amazing book. So thank you. Thank Final you. question. I love asking this to all the people on my show. Uh, if this was your last interview, mm. I know you're on a podcast where let's say today's the last one. And this is something you had to leave with the world. One of my favorite things to look at is, uh, I like to look in history, you know, ancient prophets or theologians, the last words they said are usually pretty inspiring. If you could, if you scrum through history and you find the last section or last chapter, all of a sudden, like that's the really most valuable meat. So if you had one minute uninterrupted to share with the world and you can talk religion, politics, family, I don't care, bye bye, whatever you want to talk about business. And I'm putting you on the spot here. This was not a, so I can see you're thinking with that, Dan, what would you say if your last interview today? Sorry, man, I got emotional thinking about it. Um, this is what I would encourage people to consider. I think every person on earth is here to do two things. I think first they're here to become the person they needed most in their darkest days, to become the 10.0 version of themselves, to become their greatest self, to become the person that God created in his image. Like that drives me every day. I want people to consider that that, whatever that is for you, wake up, try to become that person. Mm. And number two is in that process, share that person with the world give to other people. If, if that world is your kids, cool. If it's your community, cool. If it's your CrossFit gym, your church, I don't care. But like the amount of people that wait till the end of their lives to finally decide to be of service, to feel significance, to, to create a legacy. I just find it fascinating that it's something that you can do at the same time. And arguably, if you do it at the same time, it's self-referential. Hmm. So it's cool. People don't realize like yeah. helping other people actually like, who did it really help? 
because I feel yeah. really good about this. And yeah, when I yeah. encourage you to buy back your time, it asks me, am I really buying back my time? So mm -hmm. like, you know, that becoming the person you need most in your darkest days and sharing that person with the world, I just think is just such a beautiful concept for people to consider. And if that was the last thing I ever said and everybody remember me for that, I'm good. I love it. That's so amazing, Dan. Awesome. Dan Martell, everybody. Go check out the book, Buy Back Your Time. Thank you, Dan, for coming on today. Appreciate good to have it, you on. Man. Thanks, Bridger. Yeah.